time he's exactly going to be here. So anyway, <clears throat> let's get this thing going. You ready there, England? I am, US. All right. Three, two, one. All right, welcome back once again. The Bonding Podcast with Mark and Andy. We're discussing the great, or is it great, Thunderball. Doesn't quite live up to Goldfinger, would you say, Mark? No, Goldfinger set the benchmark. Thunderball's a slight notch down. I mean, it's got lots in it. So are we in a, am I up in for, since I'm, I'm watching them in order, am I in for a little bit of a letdown as I go until when does it pick up? When's the next good one that I'm like, oh, that was worth watching? Thunderbolt's, Thunderbolt's great. There is a there's a very long battle at the end underwater. There is. It's, yeah, it's, you know, the good guys I, against the bad guys, and it goes on for a very long time. And I made very, a note that a little long on that scene. Yeah, it goes on for quite a while, and you, you're like, well, which they're quite helpfully. I think the bad guys are wearing Black wetsuits and the good guys are wearing orange ones. Bond's wearing an orange one. Yeah, this is like yeah, this here. This is the battle. <clears throat> that gets a bit tedious at the end. And then the one afterwards, You Only Live Twice, is all set in Japan. And Connery's getting a bit bored with it all by the, by this point. You could see it. And then, of course, he leaves. And then you've got George Lazenby with Honor Majesty's Secret Service in 69. So, I mean, that's a great film. But, um, yeah, it does get a bit silly in Thunderball. Uh, well, I mean, in saying that, it's still a really enjoyable film. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's got some great action in it, some great stunts, some great lines. Connery yeah, was still is, is top of his game. I was up like I, I, I was up late. I couldn't sleep today, so I was up at 2 in the morning. And I put this in fresh to watch it so we could talk about it. And, uh, you know, it's it's two, over two hours long, but it it didn't feel like two hours, but I mean, the, the, again, the one fight scene was long and we'll talk about it when we get to it, but let's, let's talk about, let's go back uh, again. Cause one of the things that I'm finding so far in the first few films that these things are known for these, these grand scenes, yeah. scenery. So uh, uh, I'm going to talk briefly about is it, it's MI six is conference room. Is that where, what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, Operations room. Yeah. And this thing back looks in, like Whitehall, back in London. It looks like a damn cathedral. It is, mm. it is massive, and it's housing. I mean, there's there's a little tiny table where uh, M and a few of his people are there. The the bosses are sitting, and then all of your agents are sitting in a like a semicircle across from them, waiting to get their their uh, dossier. And I was like, did you need such a massive room for this it's meeting bomb. you're having? It's, it's all spectacle, and it's bomb. It's, know, it's, there's, it's, a, there's a great story because Thunderball comes out in 65, Goldfinger was 64, and, and that's what sort of started the spy mania trend. And then you've got the, the man from Uncle and, and all the rest of it. There was apparently the plan when they have that scene and the camera pulls back and there's nine chairs for all the double O agents, and the number seven is is the is the empty chair, and Connery walks, he's late and he yes. walks across and sits down. So he's obviously double O seven. Apparently the plan was they were going to have like cameo appearances from all the other sort of famous secret agents. So Napoleon Solo was going to be there. Ilya Kuryakin was going to be there. 
Peter Flint was going to be. They, they were going to have other spies from other movies in it, but it, it didn't come off. But apparently that's what the plan was originally. Oh, that would have been really something to see. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, so I like, I, I, again, so we, you and I both kind of talk about little, I, I don't know, I'll say continuity errors, but little just things that make you scratch your head as you're watching these films. And it takes away from the scene a little bit. When they, they raise up, uh, they're showing them the map of what's going on. So they got a big map of the world and like a sonar thing or whatever. So where's the yeah? Where's the flight? Where's, what's the distance that the Vulcan? The distance. Where, if you if you're looking, if you watch, and this again, this is a, a, I'll say it's it's a it's a a nuisance that I have when I watch films. I just watch for things like this, and I don't I don't like to. But it's like you said about the whole jetpack that would have been too hot to handle. It would. Same type of observation. The way this room is set up and where that screen was. Only like half of the double O agents could actually have seen the screen. Oh, okay, all right. Because it's in a semicircle and it's against one wall. I was like, uh, I, I would have been like, I just could I just lean over just a minute because I can't see great, what you're not, talking it, about. Looks great, but not very functional. <laughs> not, not at all, not at all. So, um, but God, oh, but just a massive set. It reminded me of the massive scene of um, Doctor No, the chess, the chess room, chess room, yeah. yeah just the same type of grandiose over the top. And uh, again, that's all uh, Ken. Adams. Again, you got your man, Terrence Young, Terrence Young's back. Same sort of same style. Yeah. Well, and Ken Adams just really, I was watching a little doc about him and well, about the movie. And when he was talking about designing the submarines, the underwater scenes and stuff. And he, he found a guy who did submarine work. He was an expert, which he goes, I didn't know there was such a thing, but I found one. And he said, "You could you build this?" And the guy's like, "We can build anything you can design." And he said, "Once I once I had those words said to me, he's like, I let my mind just run." Mm. And he goes, "That he goes, that includes sets because I started realizing that there really is no limit to what I can create because we have, we're are, are, we're getting better with technology and we're we're able to just build sets and these massive and of course the budget that Bond has he can do whatever he wants." And he did. Nine million, so they have plenty of money to throw around. And you can see it on the screen. There's so much going on. There's a lot, there's lots going on. Yeah. Thunder. And I love the fact that they shoot, and I'm assuming this is Fleming's idea, that a lot of the, so far the movies end up in some nice tropical area. Hmm. You know, this is in the Bahamas. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first one was at um, Jamaica. Thunderbolt looks great. It's all beautiful, clear, blue water and yeah. swimming. And yeah, it's nice. It looks great. So the so let's go to they talk about they they play the tape of the demands from um, Emilio Largo. Oh yeah, Blofeld sent him a message, isn't he? Demanding is it hundred million in hundred million in pounds, hundred million pounds sterling. That's okay. So we will have to do a quick math, uh, and I'll put it at the bottom of the screen of what that turns out to be in modern day twenty twenty three dollars. That has to be a shit ton of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, and that demand is because they've got they're taking they've taken two nuclear bombs. Two nuclear bombs. Their plan is to aim them at uh, either they don't know for sure either major U.S. city or major European they can city. Detonate them anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which again, I saw in the documentary they talked about they didn't know what nuclear bombs look like. Uh, the the production staff. Uh, the the same person who allowed them to help them out with uh, in the U.S. military with. Fort Knox All right. helped them out with kind of letting them come on and kind of see what 
bombs look like and they, they had a hidden camera and they took some pictures oh, okay <laughs> so uh they had some idea what a nuclear bomb would look like it wasn't exact of course and all that but um so um the next thing so we cut to the, this this is where my notes take me there uh it's it's bond they're in m's office bond and this military attache from um i think it's canada because they were going to send Bond to Canada. Yeah, they're sending all the different double uh, O agents out anywhere they think this plane could have landed. And of course, and Bond's, Bond's like, Bond's you should send me. Canada. And he just he says, respectfully, no, sir, it should be the Bahamas. <laughs> M says, because it's that picture of the beautiful, beautiful girl, but she turns out to be the sister of the pilot that's. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. which again works out. But when, so the thing I, I, always, I said this before is how flippant they are about death. Mm. When Bond says to the guy, no, that, that guy is dead. And the guy's like, no, he's not. And then M's like, if Bond says he's dead, I believe it. That's enough mm. for me. Because uh, the pilot, Count Lippy, the one that's killed the pilot, he's got the dead body at Shrublands. That's why Bond knows it's all it's all going off. Because Bond has seen the dead pilot's yes. the picture, and he's seen the guy in Shrublands, and he was dead the night before. So it's like, well, what's all this? Yeah. And his sister, Domino Duval. Is out in Nassau. So he oh, says, it, respectfully, I should go and speak to her. Well, and she, again, speaking of stunning women. Claudine Olga. She's, yeah, she's quite, quite stunning. As, as she dominant. was, um, yeah, easy on the eyes. And I believe she was a Miss France, if I remember correctly. That, More than likely. Is that correct? Because I think her, her uh, uh, audio was dubbed. Yeah. They had a, a voiceover actor do her voice. But, uh, but yeah, just how how flippant the guy is like well he must if he's dead he's dead there's nothing like that. Well, moving on <laughs> it's no how how did he die let's mm. let's this guy's a pilot we need to get a secret he's just dead he's dead we, we have to move the story forward sir good day uh so Don flies off to nasa well so let's let's not forget miss money penny oh <laughs> so they're in the office and i love this line it was made me i stopped the film to write it down Money Penny's talking to James and referring to the girl in the picture. And she says, How will you recognize her? Oh, the two moles. Yeah. <laughs> Bond goes, She has two moles on her thighs. Mm, and right. he raises his eyebrows and closes the door. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that rascal. And he's, and that's, he's, got a, he's got he's got all the moves, all the lines. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I, I just I I just enjoyed it. Uh, so then we cut to the scene where Bond uh, is in the is in the Bahamas now. He's diving underwater with um, the one girl. Um, he has to bump into her, so he does. Well, he arranges to accidentally bump into Domino while she's yeah. scuba diving. She gets yeah. her foot trapped, and he helps her out, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets her out, and she she gets up there, and uh, of course he has to uh, sabotage the boat he's in because he needs to bum a ride back. Mm. So the what I thought was funny is, as he says to her, uh, I need a ride. Well, she says, I'm not with you. And he says, you soon will be. You soon will be, yeah. She has and lunch he says, and then yeah, I need a ride. Away. I need a ride back. Our boat's not starting. Can you give me a ride back? I have a, a, an important appointment I have to attend to. She's like, sure. Cut to he's having lunch with her at the, at the poolside. And I'm like, does she not go? Where's the appointment at? And, yeah. and she's on 
the phone with Emil Largo. She's his, she's his squeeze. She's the, but, uh, she's the sister of the pilot, and she's also on Largo's boat. The mistress, yeah. The, the yeah, niece, the as he calls her. Hmm. Uh, I just, you know, it's funny that, that no one ever asked these questions. Like, I thought you had an appointment to go to, but uh, whatever. So my, uh, they cut to the, uh, when they're in the casino playing cards. Do you know what that card game is they're playing by chance? I don't know if you recall. I think that's, I think that's Shemin Defer, or is it Baccarat? And you've got to get a, you've got to get a total of nine. I think it's nine. Yes. Yeah, you've got to get a total of nine. So you get given two cards. And you've got to make a total of nine, so you can ask for another card, or you might go bust or something. But you've got to hit a hit hit, hit a true nine or something. Okay, because I was watching yeah, it. In the fur, I think it's cool. And they're 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 using these giant chips, and, and and they use this paddle to scoop it up, and it's all moving so fast. And and I'm not a gambler of any sort of the the imagination. No, I mean no. I'm fascinated because it's like he just sits down. And I was like, what is this game? Like I don't. Rec- it's not poker, which is what. No. Yeah, over here, poker is a really big thing in America. I don't know what it's. What, it's, it's I'm sure. I think it's back, back or Shaman the But the the whole point of the game is you've got to get on the turn of a card. You've got to get a total of nine out of three, two, three cards. I think. Yeah, because I remember at one point in time he says nine or something. I yeah, think just right or seven. Down, got a nine, he wins. Yeah. All right, well, that solves that problem. I was curious, uh, not that I was losing sleep over it, but just curious what the card game was because it seems like they were playing something similar in Doctor No. Uh, yeah, I think they were. That's right. When they first meet Bond, it's a yeah, similar, if yeah. not the exact same game. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's something that feels like a counted nine. Not like uh, it took me a while to figure out. So you, you see this. Uh, you see this gentleman in the background on the beach and in the casino and everywhere else in a suit and sunglasses. Oh, the henchman. What's his name? Well, it ends up being Felix. Oh, Felix, yeah, Rick Van Nuller. So it's another new Felix. It's not, it's another different actor. So Jack yeah. Law played Felix in Doctor No. He wasn't in From Russia with Love. He was another guy in Goldfinger, and now it's Rick Van Nutter, who's completely different. Tall, thin, shock of silver hair. Yeah, and he's and he's just always in the background. Then then he yeah. comes into play and he helps Bond out. Well, you, you're introduced to him when Bond's back in his hotel room and he opens the door to the guy wearing sunglasses. And I'm trying to think like, who is this guy? It's like, oh, and then Bond cracks him in the gut. Mm. Because there's a guy standing in a shower, and well, Bond the knows thing he's about there. that is when when Felix turns up at Bond's door, and James knows that there's a bad guy in the bathroom listening, waiting for him. He thumps Felix in the stomach to stop yeah. him saying, "Oh, hi there, 007. But then when he beats the guy up and throws him out of the bathroom, he says, "He says in front of the guy that the bad guy says, well, you were just a, you were just about to call me 007. He said, "Well, hang on, you've just said it then." But anyway, exactly. Small point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's that, that's when you find out that he is not a uh, foe. He is a friend. And I was like, that's oh, that's the CIA connection. Okay. Uh, I'm a little you know, dense sometimes there. But you wouldn't know because it's, it's a brand new Felix. Well, so that's the thing. I didn't recognize it. And the, this is your first introduction to him. But I, it just, I noticed he stuck out because, like, why is this guy? He's on the beach in a suit. Everyone else is in a bathing suit. He's in a suit and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. We stick out like a sore thumb. Bond just moves on and acts like he's not there. Uh, I love and I would long to find a hotel that had hotel rooms the size of the ones that they had in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a lovely room. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's a set, but man, what a hotel room that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of fun. And of course, the tape recorder book, I, I skipped over that, but that's how Bond. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got a miniature tape recorder inside a holiday book. So if anybody comes into the room, 
Bond yeah, just, just... Does, he replays the tape. He hears the footprints going across the room into the bathroom, so he knows he's in there. It's quite yeah. Clever. The camera moves along, and he's counting the steps. And yeah, very very cool. I mean, he didn't sweep his room for bugs like he did in the other movies, no. but he does have Simple, a tape recorder whatever. sitting there. Uh, we then go to the uh, the estate, the Palmira Palmira estate. He's Where invited Milago to lunch. Lives. Palmira, it's called, yeah. Yeah, he's invited to lunch from uh, uh, Emilio, and he shows up there. Uh, then we see the pool of sharks, which is fascinating. Again, it often powers ruined this sort of thing, but back in the day, a villain with a pool of sharks, it was quite a glamorous, you know, thing thing to have. But it's, it's what's well, it's, it's, it's dangerous insane. Now. It it's is insane. insane. It's bonkers. Uh, and there's a scene where uh, the so the the henchman who doesn't kill Bond, he shows up back at the estate and he asks what he's happened. Failed, so he's got to go. <laughs> Those so they just callously throw him in the pool <laughs> with all the sharks. Yeah. Again, they have zero regard for human life. Mm, Spectre, the worst of the worst. They are. They're just monsters. Uh, mm. So I notice we get to, um, real quick, a, a little side note of the, the stuntman who did that that bit, being thrown into the pool of sharks. He told me he wanted an extra $250 what, to, to be thrown in yeah. to land on the shark. If you, if you remember the scene, he lands on a shark and then he swims away. Of course, he doesn't. He gets killed, but the um, the scene he was getting paid like a hundred dollars a stunt or something. He's like, if you want me to land on that shark, you're gonna pay me. I want a bit more cash because yeah. it's dangerous. Quite right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter even if uh, it's not like you're you get you got a dog you can train. It's a, it's a shark. It's only mm. it's only goal in life is to swim and kill things. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to be in a pool of sharks. So Who we have it? we have Bond sneaking around the estate. He's kind of you know doing his spy work he's not quite there yet i skipped over a guy jumped forward with the lunch thing he wasn't quite there for lunch yet and he's escaping from this maze uh, he gets found out there's a gunfight and he uh he runs out on, onto a uh, street a road and of course here comes a mustang a ford mustang flying by and he uh, he gets in the car with her asks if she can take him to nassau well it's fiona volpe exactly emilio, emilio lago's Henchwoman, yeah, beautiful redhead. She's the woman that's killed the the killed the. Uh, what's she? She's given the pilot his instructions, and yeah, yes. she's out on the road and picks Bond up. She knows who he is, but he doesn't know who she. And is. they've taken they've taken Domino too. Uh, or is it Domino? I believe it is. Yeah, she's back on board the yacht. They've got her. anyway. Um, so they. He gets in the car with her and notices her. She's wearing this gaudy giant specter ring. That's right. Yeah, they've all got these specter rings. Kind of gives them away, really, doesn't it? It kind of does. Like if you're trying to be a secret uh, spy ring, well, she gets, I, she gets, she gives him a lift and tries to scare the hell out of him by going 100 miles an hour down this quiet little country road and ends up back at their hotel. Coincidentally, coincidentally, <laughs> and of course she ends up in bed with him. What a surprise! Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, who doesn't, right? So they end up in bed. They do all that. And now that's when he gets to the. Um, well, he says to her at the end of it, uh, after they have um, this, the, they have the sex. They do all their thing, and then she he goes to leave, and of course her uh, henchman friends are there, standing the outside the door waiting for him. He turns to her and he says. Uh, he looks at her and she goes. I, she says something. I, I'm. A she says a very line. good line about 
oh, I'm not falling for the old bond for the bond charm. Not going to hear the you know yeah wing, the wings of angels just because I've kissed you and you've turned me to the good side. She's a full on villain, is Fiona. Yeah, and he looks at her and he goes, "What I did was for king and country." King and country, yeah. Uh, referring to that, there was no pleasure. You don't think you gave me any pleasure, do you? Yeah, he, I, I did what I had to do for the yeah. king for king and country. So I like that. Um, they they take Bond. They're trying to uh, take him back. He escapes. They ends up running to the uh, what's called the Kiss Kiss Club. Well, there's a big thing going. What's it called? The Junk Junk News. There's a big street carnival going. Yeah, on, the parade. It? He escapes yeah, out parade. of there, runs through the parade. He hides in a, in a float. Uh, I mentioned the Kiss Kiss Club just because I wanted to say the words "kiss" on our podcast. <laughs> kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> Which lends to the song that they wrote. Uh, the note I have for that, and we're getting kind of close to wrapping up the film here, was uh, the guy reaches in. There's a henchman who's going to shoot at Bond, and he shoots and kills um, uh, the lady. But no one hears the gunshot. Oh, he like, tries to time it with the drums or something. Yeah, it? he times it. Yeah. The, the drums are just maddening. It's just yeah, the heart. Mad bongo drums. And uh, he turns around right in time for her to take a shot in the back. Mm. and uh, misses his hand completely but luckily he's holding it where uh she's bleeding yeah. and he just sits her down at a table and like oh she's she's dead she's tonight. dead tired yeah she's dead tired <laughs> he just leaves <laughs> i fucking love it so uh, uh let's cut to they are out over the ocean looking for the wreckage uh the the, the plane looking i guess the the, something and bond needs to get into the water they're in the helicopter they land it bond sees something uh, Felix, he has Felix shoot and kill a shark. That's right, to distract the other so he can swim <laughs> down and have a look at the sunken Vulcan bomber. Just like it was nothing, like a uh, distraction. Uh, pulls a rifle out, shoots shark, shark sinks to the bottom, and there's a feeding frenzy. And Bond, mm. of course, is free to go down and discover the uh, the bomber plane underneath. With Domino's dead brother inside it. Pointing the things out. And he pulls off his um, his ID tag. We call them his dog watch. tags over here. I think they yeah. call it his badge. And takes his watch. Um, that leads us to uh, the next thing I've got is the underwater fight scene. Which they're trying to get the uh, the bombs. I don't know where they were. Were they taking them to the yacht? Is that where they're heading to? Um, they've taken one to the yacht and one's been hidden underwater. Yeah. So Bond's got a Geiger counter. Yeah. on his watch, and they, he figures he figures out where the bombs are, but he gets trapped in the underground uh, cave where one of the bombs is hidden. He doesn't get out in time, so Felix has to come and find him, tracks him down, and winches him out because he the, swallows uh, the pill that he's, he's got. Gave a, him. He's got a tracking a radioactive tracking pill, so Felix comes and finds him because he couldn't get out of the ca- at the cave quick enough. Yeah, and they've discovered that one bomb's in Washington, and the other one is where's the other one? Yeah, one bomb's been. In Washington, and Bond's got the other one on on the Disco Volante. Disco Volante, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Italian for flying saucer, apparently. Yes. And I loved, did not see the yacht splitting apart. The boat splitting is amazing. Yeah, it's very good. It's, and a brand new, a real life boat. They did it all. It's all all completely real. Yeah. yeah. I was when that scene happened. I was like, oh my god, I love this. Love well, it looks this. like a massive sort of luxury yacht and then it splits in half and, and becomes, becomes a, a hydrofoil super fast super fast hydrofoil and yeah it's very good it's a very cool effect very good scene. yeah 
so we got that going and now the the, the boat splits and they're doing all this stuff again we talked about the underwater fight scene and it's a little long um this it's they're beating you over the head with it it's a good after scene what, yeah i mean it's great that they're filming it and it's impressive and everything but it goes on too long after a while you can't figure out who's fighting who what's going on it's 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 too much yeah it just gets to a point where like okay move on let's move mm. on okay got it uh so that that's that that bond so that we so we get to the um again uh bond gets into the boat he, there's a fight scene he knocks everybody out he kills people the boat is heading towards the rocks and they jump super off. fast that at the end of the film it's sped up so quickly it looks it, it does is. look off because this boat's going like this isn't it yeah, yeah i mean you see the the screen behind him and all yeah, that and it's, they all blue, about, it's a little bit blue screen there yeah yeah they talked in the documentary about how it's uh terence young said that i believe the uh the scenes we shot at pinewood were rougher than the actual scenes on the water because mm. the way they were moving the boat on the yeah. jigs and stuff yeah it doesn't quite work <laughs> But uh, they did that. They jump off the plane or off the boat, and uh, a, a seaplane goes by, drops a life raft into the water for Bond and Domino. They get it hooked up. Skyhook, which at Bond. the time was a revolutionary device or something. You can actually, it did actually work. Yeah. So they have the skyhook balloon, and then the plane comes along with a thing and flies away. Now, my only note on that, of course, and that's how the film ends. Again, they, once again, Bond ends in the water with a woman. End up in the water with a beautiful dame. My thought when I saw that, I was like, that would have to just about kill you. Well, at the, the snap, yeah. At the, the speed the plane is going, yeah. it took the Bond's back of his wetsuit. The whiplash of it. Wouldn't it just, I mean, flip you up into the... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be quite a shock to the system. Yeah, I, I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, it, it, it does work. It's a true thing, true device. It, it was a real thing. I, Your I think U.S. The, Navy uses it. Yeah. The, yeah, they don't use it much now, but it was used at the time. Now it's all helicopters and whatnot. Sure. Um, and then that so end the film ends, and we end with uh, Bond once again Bond saves save the world. world from nuclear devastation once again. Four of those pesky Spectre bad guys. Yeah, I mean Spectre's just got to really hate him at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they got to get him. They got to eliminate him at some point in time. Like this has got to stop. Mm. We're spending money. We're losing money. You're losing killing money. Us here. It's this damn Bond guy. <laughs> but so again, like you said at the beginning, Spectre, the the whole legal lawsuit lawsuit behind Thunderball meant that the Bond producers couldn't use Spectre um, for many years. I think, yeah, many years. You'll see none of the Bond, none of the Roger Moore Bond movies reference Spectre in, in any way. They weren't allowed to. So as, as I meant, I think I was going to ask you that. Is Spectre ongoing or is it come and go because of I know the legal reason, but in theory, Spectre would be the. All the, the, the it's fe- it's feature, Spectre's featured in all the Connery movies except Goldfinger. Um, and then after that, when Roger Moore, uh, George Lazenby does does on a Majesty's Blofeld's in that. Then after that, the Roger Moore movies don't reference Spectre at all. They couldn't. They weren't allowed to. There was this big legal battle going on. There was a story that the. Um, 1977 Roger Moore movie, The Spy Who Loved Me, was going to have Spectre, a Spectre base being taken over by lots of different terrorist organizations, and then they were going to hijack some nuclear weapons. But they couldn't use the um, the Spectre name, so it ended up being Stromberg, Kurt Jurgens. Hmm, okay. So, but the le- uh, yeah, the legal dispute over the rights to Thunderball went on for many years. All right. 
let's take a breather here. We're going to jump right into some. We're just going to wrap up a few things here. Let me read you just some fascinating facts, and you can, if you got a story or anything you want to add, add, and then we can wrap this thing up. Uh, we we touched on so my notes. I think there's ten little things I got here. We touched on it that it started as a film, then became a book, then became a sure. film again. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Terrence Young was not the original director, but it was Hamilton. They wanted Hamilton, but he was exhausted and said he needed a just a, needed a rest, and they just moved on. It, it was Terrence Young's last Bond movie. He didn't direct another one after this. Yeah, they were trying to get this film out in by Christmas, I believe, was the goal, and uh, so that's why their time frame they couldn't wait on. Uh, Guy Hamilton. Uh, some of the actresses, do you know who, the, who was supposed to be Domino Derville? Julie Christie, wasn't it, or something? So we have Julie Christie. Uh, they oh, have Raquel. Apparently Bro- Broccoli didn't, didn't rate her or something. Right. Faye Dunaway was up for it as well at one point, I think. Uh, Raquel Welch. Oh, yeah, they wanted Raquel Welch, but she couldn't do it. And they end up... Uh, what I read about Raquel Welch is she had just been signed to do another movie, and the studio wouldn't let her do both. They wouldn't release her to do the other one, mm-hmm. do the Bond film. So anyway, um, Claudine Auger got the uh, got it. Got the nod. Yes, uh, the we talked. Uh, the jetpack really did work. Yeah, it did. But the pilot would not fly without a helmet. Uh, the chase scene that nearly killed a stuntman is one of my next notes for the scene in which Fiona Volpe uh, uses rockets launched from a motorcycle to blow up Count. Lippe's, am I reading right? Lippe's, Yeah, because yeah, he's chasing. Bond, Bond's leaving Shrublands in the Aston, and this car comes up behind him, looks like trouble. And then the car that he thinks is, is about to attack him gets blown up by a motorcycle that drives past, and it's Fiona Vol- Volpe on it. But you're right, the guy that drove, I think it was Bob Simmons. The Bob usual, Simmons, yeah. Bob Simmons, the usual stuntman. He's driving the car, which explodes. It was all packed with gasoline at the back or something, the boot. Yes. And he didn't get out of it quite quick enough. I think he got a little bit bit burnt huh? they said he leapt out of the cars it crashed into the ditch and then uh, right. then he seemed to disappear and the crew was fr- frantically uh, frantically i'm sorry searching for him and he walked up behind the director and asked him if he'd done the scene right mm-hmm. <laughs> they said footage from a, a later angle actually showed him on he was on fire he caught yeah, him a little he, bit he didn't get out quick enough uh he got he I mean, he got off he, he clearly was okay but he uh, he was on fire as he rolled away from the car <laughs> it's crazy these guys are nuts man uh, the there's a story I saw this in in a documentary and it's mentioned here in my little notes that uh, the British military actually thought that the Bond's miniature oxygen tank oh, was the rebreather real. yeah yeah the rebreather yeah yeah and when they they contacted the engineers and asked them like how did you how does that work how long does he really have to breathe and the guy had to tell him like uh, that's that doesn't work it's it's, it, it only works for as long as you can hold your breath mm. <laughs> uh, so that was a good time. Uh, let's see. It says three people narrowly escaped shark attacks. Uh, I know Connery. Well, there's a yeah, there's a story about they, Connery was supposed to be in a scene with a shark, and he said not likely. So they put perspex panels between him and the shark yes. in the water, and it wasn't long enough, and the shark managed to get onto his side. Yeah, they said that Apparently if you look at very the, quickly to get out. If they if you watch the scene where the shark is going through the tunnel, and you see Connery react to it because mm-hmm. it's so close to him. That's they they say is a That's genuine reaction, mm-hmm. and, they, and they said they joked. They said Connery by the time he got out of the water, he was dry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how imagine. fast he moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, there's a note that the 
the big explosion at the end with the boat when the, the yacht explodes uh, was one of the biggest in cinematic history at the time. That's right. It blew out all the windows in the nearby town. And yeah, it yeah. Huge, huge explosion. This is uh, windows along Bay Street, which is 30 miles away mm. in Nassau when the explosion occurred, blew windows out. Mm. I mean, 30 miles, that's a hell of a distance to blow a window. How mm. much explosive did they use? Yeah. And then the last thing I'll mention here, and we can go and kind of wrap this one up, is that um, Connery didn't go to any of the premieres because the fans were so enthusiastic. Yeah, he was getting a bit fed up with all the fame, wasn't he? Yeah, he said he just couldn't do it anymore. It was just, mm. it was just insanity. Mm. And I mean, I imagine the frenzy, it just had to be just lunacy. I think when he went to the Goldfinger premiere, I think it was in Paris, not London. I think it was Paris. And he drove a... That's right. He drove he drove the Aston Martin down the Champs Elysees to the cinema, and somebody got in the some crazy yeah. fan got in the car with him, and it was getting out of hand by that point. It's like yeah, the they showed a, again. Yeah, they showed a picture of a, of a fan like just she dove into the passenger side of the car, mm. and like she's laying across his lap. It's it's I can't even imagine that kind of just craziness at the time. Like it just had to be. And then of course the documentary I showed, and I'll try to show some of them here in the podcast. The, the toy, the frenzy, the toys that were being manufactured mm-hmm. for this uh, mania that started really start just, I mean, I guess it was peaking at this time or had already yeah, yeah. peaked at this yeah. time. 65 when Thunderbolt came out, it's all, it's all going crazy. Bomb mania, all the different copycat spy TV shows and films. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Mm, yeah. Good times. Good times if you're alive. Yeah, we were just a little too young, Mark. I, I wasn't quite arrived yet. We weren't there for a couple more years. No, a couple more years. <laughs> well, I think that's all I've got, Mark. Is anything else you want to add to this? Thunderball? No, I think we covered most of it. It's a great film. I like Thunderbolt. It's all right. It's got its moment, but it is very long, and the 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 actual act, the fight underwater at the end it does get a bit much. Let me stuff. see where our our movie phone ranks Thunderball. Where do you think it ranks? I'd uh, say it's I'd say it's like three or four, something like that. It's got it at number six, okay. according to Movie Phone. Now, again, this isn't anything official. It's just the one I found, the one that ranked all the films. Uh, Thunderball is ranked number six. Their, their uh, little note under it says, while it doesn't reach the heights of 1964's Goldfinger, yeah. Thunderball is a rock-solid Sean Connery Bond movie, which, agreed. of course, makes it one of the better entries in the franchise. Yeah, among. Among other strengths, this film boasts a great Bond girl and some revolutionary, if slightly drawn out, underwater action scenes, which yeah, we, yeah. we all tend to agree on. Yeah. So, no, it's a well, good film. It's got, it's got great, it's great stuff. It's good plot. Connery is looking great. It's a good film. Well, that's it for Thunderball. What is my next film, Mark? What's next in the series? You only live twice. Nineteen sixty-seven. Bond goes to Japan. You only live twice. It was a great big volcano. Rockets are being stolen. And what's your initial thoughts on this one? Before I don't we... mind it. It's all right. I mean, it's set mainly it's set all in Japan, so you know it's all in one place. Um, it's got some good moments in it, but it's not one of my favorites. You're just waiting for us to get to Roger Moore, aren't you? Yeah, I'm waiting for Rog and yeah. George. George is George is good. That's a great film. But Roger's my man. Yeah. And we're going to give George some love. We're going to break down the film, and we're also going to talk about the documentary Becoming Bond that was about him. Yeah, we uh, should. I want to give him his credit, you know, give him yeah, his due. 
Well, that's all I got, Mark. Thank you once again. Okay, dude. Uh, my yeah, partner, well, nice and I'll see everybody later. Thanks for watching us. We're out. We're out. This has been a Touch of Madness production. Brought to you by the creative minds at Tommy Twins Media.